Blog Talk Radio. Hello, everyone in the franchise world. My name is Paul Segreto, and this is Franchise Today. Normally, we have our opening jingle, and technology not uh, being very cooperative today. <laughs> My uh, co-host, Stan Friedman, is in Atlanta, Georgia, and I'm reporting live from Breckenridge, Colorado, where, yes, I am fighting some altitude sickness, Stan. Sounds like the, uh, it sounds like Mr. Paul, the producer, is suffering from altitude sickness because you couldn't get Badlands to sing our ditty. <laughs> I know it. I know it. Well, I'm sure we'll have it teed up and queued up before we leave. Uh, and uh, we always use that as our ending song. Well, Stan, we just came off of a, just a wonderful trip in New York City at the International Franchise Expo. My hat's off to uh, Tom Portese and all the great people at the MFV, as well as um, the uh, the great program produced by uh, them and IFA. It was really a good um, event for us. Uh, it seemed like there was a lot of traffic, a lot of foot traffic, even though we had a little bit of uh, some nasty weather on Saturday to deal with, which I think you had missed. Yeah, I left out, Paul. You know, it's the first time I've done it this way. I I usually come in early, stay to the end. Um, not being an exhibitor, though, I just have to remind myself I'm not a franchisor anymore. I can do what I come in to do and have my meetings and condense it into a couple of days. I don't have to worry about Tom or any of the MFV people getting mad at me for taking a booth down early and leaving the day out, you Mm -hmm. know, while the show is still going on. So this year I kind of booked it to go home on the first part of Saturday. And if I'd missed anybody I wanted to see by then, shame on me. But it did make for a, a different kind of a schedule and it did make for a much more aggressive couple of days i didn't leave myself too much too much leisure time but it was a great trip i felt like the show had a great buzz to it a great vibe but your perspective is probably even greater than mine because you were exhibiting right yeah we were exhibiting we were right there in front of um the uh, right behind the ifa booth um front and center and we had we had great traffic uh, we really did and walking around and talking with some of the other franchisors uh, I think the uh, consensus was that it was a really, really good show. So what else do we have coming up before we get to today's guest? Well, a couple of things I'll share with the audience today, Paul, while we're talking about great events. We have a couple of them coming up in August. So um, we're going to give the audience the month of July off to catch a little bit of the dog days of summer. But really, August starts picking up with a pre-fall schedule, starting with the Franchise Capital Exchange, uh, Marianne O'Connell's program, August 22nd through 24th in Chicago. For those emerging franchisors who haven't yet uh, taken the private equity plunge, as we'll be hearing more about with Gigi today, but for those companies that are are looking ahead toward growth through private equity, the Franchise Capital Exchange is a phenomenal conference. So for those interested in learning more, um, read up on it at FranchiseCapitalExchange.com. Also coming up in August will be the Fagery Baker Daniels Franchise Summit, August 30th through uh, 31st, rolling into that Labor Day weekend. Um, Going to be a tremendous program again with a couple of hundred of franchising's greatest uh, converging on Minneapolis-St. Paul for uh, Brian Schnell's Summit. And those are both you know preludes to a very busy fall, Paul. I also wanted to... Uh, point out this week's IFA Insider is chock full of really good stuff to read. Uh, The top story right on page one, all about apprenticeship programs being offered and IFA members, Mary Maid's Rainbow International Restoration and the UPS store meeting with U.S. Labor Secretary Alexandra Acosta last week discussing apprenticeship, the president's commitment to it, and IFA's involvement in it. The entire story can be linked out of this week's Insider, or you can find it at ourfranchise.com. Another at ourfranchise.com story featured in this week's Insider is also a great read about a a vet friend soldier who became, I think the way the the story reads, he became a witch witch 
uh, franchisee by way of a resale and is now a multi-unit operator, and he's given all the praise to VetFran. He's back from Afghanistan, and he's now a multi-unit franchisee, and he's talking about all the value the military has given him in preparation for franchise ownership. It's a great read also at ourfranchise.com, or pick it up through the current issue of the IFA Insider. Another reminder in the Insider is next-gen competition submission for applications is underway for the competition, um, this year's competition. And, you know, Paul, you and I are probably as great advocates for next-gen as we are for VetFran and for diversity and franchising. But the next-gen program holds a special place in my heart for all the work that I've done with DECA kids through the years and the Don DeBolt scholarship through IFA. So uh, next-gen competition, please, young entrepreneurs, get your applications in and don't miss the boat on the opportunity to get into business for yourself so that you can own your business and own your life. And that's pretty much it on the front end today, Paul. I want to leave as much room as we can for our conversation with Gigi, so let's not let's not sneak any more time than that. Absolutely. And I, I will stand to correct you on one thing, Stan. It's franchise.org, not franchise.com. Did I do that again, Paul? So yeah, you did that. You did three three times. <laughs> well, so anyway, if you're gonna, at least I'm consistent, that, right? Say. At least <laughs> yes, I'm consistent. That's right. Three. <laughs> well, here's a great quote from today's guest, uh, Gina Gigi Butler, the founder of Gigi's Cupcakes. She said, "I'm so happy with how things have turned out, but I never thought my success would stem from cupcakes." I always thought it would be music. And, of course, today's title for the show is A Sweet Journey from Music to Cupcakes. Gigi, welcome to Franchise Today. Thank you. I love that title. <laughs> it's wonderful. You know, the titles, uh, as, I am as so you know, having – Well, we're, we're, okay. it's a pleasure having you. And you know, as a, as a songwriter, sometimes the title to the song is sometimes the most difficult thing to write. You stare, you've got it all written, and you say, what am I going to title this? It's great. Well, it's the hook. That's great. Well, it's you called know, the hook. You know, yeah. You know, a lot of people don't know, you know, the great song from uh, Pretty Woman. Um, you know, originally that song was named On the Boulevard. And now knowing what mm. Pretty Woman is like, you wonder, how, where, where did they come up with On the Boulevard? But anyway, you know, so stranger things have happened. Well, you've got a great right. story to tell, and as Stan said, we really want to learn uh, as much as we can. We really want to share with the audience. And Stan and I, before the show, we're, we're talking about, um, I think you're either number eight or number nine from the franchise community that's been on uh, our show that has also been on Undercover Boss. So, you know, that's just right. a, another a great thing that occurs in franchising. So why don't we do this? You know, let, let's talk about that sweet journey. Take us back as far as you would like and, and kind of bring us up to speed. Tell us about, you know, Gigi the person, um, what your aspirations were, you know, early on. I'm sure it wasn't to uh, have a cupcake chain and bring us all the way up to the present. Well, I, I, that sounds fabulous. I will take you back to seven years old. How's that? <laughs> Because that's okay. where the dream began. I came home at seven, and I said, I want to be a country music singer-songwriter, everyone, just FYI, over mm -hmm. dinner one night, and I'm going to move to Nashville. And my parents were like, okay, darling, you have no musical background, but go for it. You know, they, they were very supportive. I came from a family that hardworking, uh, God-fearing family, and my dad was an amazing entrepreneur, and he taught me no fear. So when I was a kid... I he did everything. We had a potbelly pig business. He was a L.A. County fireman, <clears throat> and we had potbelly pigs. We had a farm. We had a video arcade. He had, we had five restaurants. We had a hair salon. You know, it, he just never, never felt fear. He felt fear, but he just did it anyway. So I was just taught, you know, just go for it. So at seven, it was like, I'm going to be a singer-songwriter and move to Nashville. And at 15, I started my first cleaning business. And it was Gigi's Cleaning Company. I bought some mops and buckets and cleaning supplies and knocked on doors at an assisted living place. And that's where the birth of Gigi's Cleaning Company became. And then, you know, started my first band at 18. 
And here I was, you know, cleaning during the day and singing at night down at biker bars, you know, assisted living homes, <laughs> fairs, VFW halls, anywhere they'd let me sing, I would. And it was it was a, it was a very interesting journey. Um, then I came home and said, I'm, I'm moving to Nashville. And my parents were like, no, don't go, don't do it. I'm like, I can sing at biker bars, you're okay with that. But Nashville's crazy town, what? I'm going, I'm doing this. So I took my second semester college money and made a demo and moved to Nashville. Knew no one, didn't have a place to live, didn't have a job, had $500 to my name, and just went for it. I, I knew, though, deep inside that if my dream was going to become a reality, I had to try. I had to at least go for it. So there I was, Nashville, first job, Red Lobster in Cool Springs down here, and waited tables. But it was so interesting. I met so many artists and music people just at Red Lobster. And I started, you know, writing with certain people and talking with these people. And then I also... uh, from the customers there, I started my cleaning company back up. So there I was, cleaning during the day and singing at night down at Tootsie's and the stage. And I don't know, have you all ever been to the stage or Tootsie? Have you been to Nashville? Love Nashville. Yeah, I've been to love Nashville. Nashville. Okay, yeah, I love it. Yeah, it's just magic. It's magic town. I mean, it's fantastic. So just staying all over, toured, toured parts of the world. But, and also had my cleaning business. And I found myself cleaning for very high-profile executives, doctors, lawyers, people in the music industry. I cleaned for Taylor Swift and Leanne Rimes and people that really had, you know, their shtick together, you know, their their thing together. Mm-hmm. And I would be in these homes, and I would, I would be cleaning for them, but I remember this businessman, he's like, hey, he was really, really a guru on the stock market. He's like, come here, Gigi, let me show you what I'm doing, why I'm doing this. As I'm cleaning his desk, you know, I'm wiping his computer down. (laughs) He's like, I'm buying this because it's this future and this da-da-da-da-da-da. And I'm like, okay. So I may not have gone to business school, but the people that I have surrounded myself with, with cleaning their homes, I learned so much about business and and negotiations and, you know, having – having to negotiate with, you know, cleaning pup people's houses and also bar owners. I was negotiating with them on a daily basis and, and musicians. It really honed my skills as a good communicator and as a business person. I mean, you just, I went to the, you know, school of hard knocks, let's say. <laughs> but, um, at age 30, 31, I found myself going, you know, Taylor Swift was, what, 12 at the time, 13 at the time, 14, just was hitting it big. And I knew that my time was up. I mean, I just knew that, you know, this 20-something years of this love was, is, was, it was time to let it go. And I felt like a huge failure and went through mm-hmm. a little bit of a, a low point. I was a broken-down country singer with no job, no career, no future, and no money. And it's like, bah you know, dead end. But through that dead end, I've learned that it's not about failure. It's about recreating yourself. Life is about recreating yourself. If I could say that it's it's not, oh, I failed. No, you failed, but pick yourself up and let's recreate something. Let's recreate a dream. So it was time to recreate. And I got into self-help books and business books and I learned how to better myself and how to better myself as a business person. So I decided, well, if I'm just going to be a house cleaner, ugh, you know, I'm going to be the best cleaner I can be. I'm going to have the best cleaning company in Nashville. So I expanded my cleaning business and hired some girls to help me clean. And, you know, I was just, I finally, you know, my attitude of why me <laughs> was why not me? Okay, if this is all I have, mm-hmm. God, okay, I'm, I'm content. You know, I, I can do this. And I was finally at the point where I was content. And then I bought a little house, paid off my bills, was financially secure, and at the point to where I'm like, okay, I got this. Then (laughs) my brother went to New York City and stood in line at a cupcake shop for two hours. And he's like, he called me, he's like, you got to open a cupcake shop in Nashville. I mean, you love to bake. 
backstory, and everyone has a backstory. Here's my backstory. Go back for story, it. My, my <laughs> great-great-grandmother opened her first bakery in Oklahoma and at the turn of the century. So my family, it's a family tradition to bake. Everyone in my family, my aunts, my grandma, my mother, my, everyone bakes in our family. I just didn't think I would be doing it as a career. So here's one, another one of life's changes <laughs> where it comes at you. You're like, well, you know, should I go for it? Should I take the chance? Mm-hmm. And when he told me, I was standing in a bathroom and I was cleaning a, a person's in one of my clients' uh, bathrooms at the time and I had my pink cleaning gloves on. And I looked in the mirror and I'm like, what? And then I thought, why not? Why not? I mean, I've already failed at music. I already did. Why not go for it? So I proudly marched into my uh, bank September 2007 and wanted a business loan. And I'm like, I, I'm here for a, a you know, female entrepreneur business. I've been in business almost 20 years at that time with my cleaning business. I'm like, I'd like to do a cupcake shop. And he's like, are you are you kidding me? And he literally laughed at my face like, darling, you know, this is the South, darling, now, honey. And I'm like, well, darling, nothing. I'm open a cupcake shop. And he's like, well, you know, sorry. And I'm like, oh, well, I walked out of there. So I took myself to the next bank and the next bank and the next bank. And it's like the first bank called all the other guys and said, oh, this crazy cupcake lady's coming and they she wants your money. Um, so I said, uh, okay, there's more than one way to skin this cat. Now, what I did, I do not recommend to anybody. It is not the Dave Ramsey way, <laughs> trust me. But I went, I took out $100,000 cash advances on my credit cards, and I went for wow. it. Wow. Yeah, $100,000. Wow. And but and I do not recommend that to anybody. Oh, go to college, go to college, and don't do what I did. That being said, it was my only option, and I was so driven to do this that I was not going to let that stop me. So there I was with money in the bank and um, went and found the first place I found on Broadway, 19th and Broadway, downtown Nashville by Music Row and Vanderbilt. And I'm like, this is the spot. Mm-hmm. So I called the guy and... And I said, I'd like to put a cupcake shop here. And he said, uh, cupcakes? <laughs> he clearly didn't see my vision either. I don't understand how no one saw my vision, but I saw <laughs> it very clearly. <laughs> so I badgered him for two months, and finally he relented, and he let me lease the perfect space. And so there well, I was cleaning houses, and I started telling my cleaning clients. You know, I had 65, 75 clients at the time. Very savvy business people, doctors, lawyers, music, musicians. And I'm like, I'm going to open a cupcake shop. And they're like, oh, bless your heart. Don't quit your day Yeah, that's the other southern expression, bless your right, heart. That's, that's bless your, bless your yeah, heart. Yeah, bless your heart. I'm going to pray for her. <laughs> and I'm like, well, thank you. I need the prayers. Um, but it's not like they didn't like my cakes because I always – baked them bread loaves and for Christmas and so they and cookies and pies and I was always baking for them thanking them for their business and but they didn't they just felt sorry for me like oh my god bless her heart bless her heart (laughs) poor little thing so let me ask you something Gigi to me I've heard in this just in in this little bit of time that we've been together already I've heard you use the word failure I've heard you use the word hard knocks, and yeah. and I see those words differently because yeah. I, too, like you, and Paul, for sure, has as well, uh, shed many skins. We've reinvented ourselves many yeah. times in this franchising world, much less even before our careers in franchising began. But I would take a view, and I think you do, too. I just I don't like that word failure. I, I think you have to go through those. Um, modes right. of coming out you can't you can't come out the other side until you've been down on whatever it was that forced the mm-hmm. event and to me right. the hard knocks i don't think that i'm any better educated than you in terms of a formal education but i think you like me are a student of lifelong learning and every day mm-hmm. is an adventure in in learning right. and i'm curious how you 
with a hundred thousand maxed out on credit cards and thirty three bucks left in your pocket um, you had to succeed you pushed yourself into a place where failure was not an option so it wasn't tell us about the birth of the original store and how that led to the creation of recipes and manuals and the things that it takes to build a business that can ultimately be prepared for franchising. But give us an insight to the birth of the brand itself. Well, uh, the day before I opened, I had, I had um, created 16, or we had 32 flavors and I wanted every flavor. What makes Gigi's cupcake special is that they are their own personalities. They have their own shtick let's say, um, hunk a chunk of banana love, scarlet's red velvet, midnight magic. Um, I wanted them to have their own personalities. So that was very important to me. My mom in, in the early days helped me birth these beautiful cupcakes, but I took my great-grandmother's recipes, my great-aunt Ruby recipes, my, you know, my mom's recipes, my recipes, and I made my lineage, my heritage, my love for baking into a cupcake form. So it wasn't just, it's, it's not just a cupcake. It's my life. It's my history of my Italian roots and my, you know, all these things that make me who I am into a cupcake. So it's love. So we had 32 recipes, and day before I opened, I had $33 left in my name, and my contractor came in. I cleaned three houses to pay the plumber that was there waiting for his check, and but I, my dream is about to become reality, so I was so excited. And my contractor came in. He's like, I forgot a bill. I'm like, Well, uh, I can't pay it. I have thirty three dollars. And he's like, Well, it's a fifteen thousand dollar drywall bill. And I literally melted on my my first and only breakdown happened February twentieth, two thousand eight. And I melted on the floor. And my mom and dad were there helping me clean and put things together. And they came to me and said, You know, God will take care of you. I'm like, well, How am I going to? You know, I was freaking out. <laughs> Because one week, I had one week to pay a $4,500 rent. I've never paid that in my lifetime. One week to pay $1,000 for a food bill and $1,000 for employees. So in one week, I had $33. What was the answer? What was I going to do? Tenacity. That's the answer. It's not failure. It's not, oh, I've taken my knocks. It's tenacity. It's the person that decides that has those knocks or has those, uh, we call failures, but decides to turn them around and make, uh, no, that's not keeping me down. So <clears throat> open my doors, lines formed, and I was in business. And it was so important for me. I think this is the most important thing in franchising and business is to have a direction of what you want your packaging to be, how you see your, your brand, to be branded well. And what led me, my three favorite brands of all time that I've, I've really followed is Tiffany's, Martha Stewart, and Victoria's Secret. We all sell different things, but when you see that robin egg blue box walking down the street, you subconsciously think that's a classy gift. So when I wanted them to have a Gigi's box, I wanted them to have a classy something inside that they desired, you subconsciously desired. So that's what it's all about. It's all about getting to pe- into people's psyche and having them want your product. How do you do that? It's about being branded well. It's about being passionate about what you do. That's what I could say. So that's so the fast, first step of how Gigi's was. Fast forward the tape from that point in time to, you know, maybe out a year or two, and and how did things evolve and morph as you started building a loyal customer base and having more to work with. Where was your head tracking? At what point did you even think about a global type of expansion as compared to the one story and one, you know, one four thousand dollar a month uh, location yeah. that you were working from? Well, after a couple months, my landlord, who was in franchising, he's always done franchising and he's really good at property and looking at the right places. He came to me. He's like, you should, you should start this as a franchise. I'm an avid reader, so I'm like, well, let me figure out what a franchise is. Let me read about it. Mm-hmm. So I read about it, and I'm like, this is for me because I didn't have a lot of capital. I had 33 bucks, <laughs> let's remember. So to get my name and my, my, you know, my cupcakes out there in a quick way and expand quickly, I had to go the franchise route. I didn't have a $250 million hedge fund or, you know, behind me or a silver <laughs> spoon. 
So I was like, yeah, let's franchise. And I was also cleaning at the time still. So I took $26,000 that I had saved. Actually, a turning point. Here was a turning point. Uh, A man from Indianapolis, he's now a franchise owner, he came in with his family. He's like, I, I, need one in, I need one in Indianapolis. I need one of these. And I was, had flour all over me. He pulled me out from the back. Where's your owner? Where's your owner? And I was like literally cake, flour all over me, frosting. And I'm like, you know, lines out the door. I'm like, what, how can I help you, sir? He's like, I want one of these in Indianapolis. I've got to have it. And I'm like, I, there's only one. What are you talking about? What? You know, I, I was like, I was so slammed with my life at the time. I couldn't think outside my box. I'm like, no, there's one. What, what are you talking about? And then three or four other people that week were like, we have to have this in our state. We have to have this in our city. And so I went home one night. I'm like, hmm, people actually want the Gigi <laughs> or the Gigi's cupcake. You know, I'm like, wait a minute. This is exciting. Another huge turning point was a lady came in and drove like an hour to, to have a cupcake. And she waited in line and she got up and she goes, I'll have six of your scarlet red velvet. And I'm like, oh, I didn't make that today. I'm so sorry, because I didn't even have a menu set up at the time. And she's like, what? I mean, she was freaking out, started yelling at me. And, I mean, I was like, so <laughs> sorry, ma'am. So most people, after she just belittled me in front of everyone, would have gone to the back of the kitchen and cried. But I went in the back, I'm like jumping for joy. I'm like, wait a minute. Someone is yelling about me over a cupcake? I have something special here. I mean, people are actually passionate about these it's just as much as I am. So that's where my cult following <laughs> started. And then I went home that night, and I made out a recipe, a daily set menu to where everyone could go online and see what we would have on a daily basis, and they would know and bring consistency into this product. And still to this day, every, every Gigi's across the country follow the same menu. And I think creating consistency at that early point, you know, two weeks after I started, was a huge thing for me. I think there was one store that might have might have fallen off the wagon on that story because I remember reading in your undercover boss episode how you almost had to bite your tongue when you saw somebody mm-hmm. changing a recipe from what it was supposed to be to what it is. Oh. <laughs> well, yeah, you think I was freaking out. Um, what we decided, what I decided after Undercover Boss, because we grew so fast with no money and no real, I mean, we wore uh, 20 hats in the office. We didn't have any, you know, we grew up together. But I found out that I was consistently inconsistent. And I got off the road, I'm like, okay, we got to be big boys right now. We got to grow this brand and grow up. So we hired the right people and we expanded the right way. It was time to expand and start being really consistent. That's some so, that's just some great information, a great a great story to all of this. You know, Stan, a good friend of ours, Doc Cohen, I remember when he was on Franchise Today a few years ago, and his first store that he uh, decided to become a franchisee on uh, was in California, and he told us, he said the construction costs, the build-out costs came out just a little bit higher than I thought they would. And when mm-hmm. we opened up, I did not know how I was going to make payroll that week. And, of course, yeah. you know, um, Doc is a legend, 300-plus locations. And, uh, you know, he had, the, he had the vision, he had the passion. Uh, you know, Gigi, right. it, it's always interesting when, you know, your name is on the building, your name is on the brand, you are the brand. And I know as you were working through the trials and tribulations of country music, I'm sure you longed for the day when you heard, you know, that um, uh, your name, you know, welcome to the Grand Old Opry stage. Mm-hmm. Uh, but now you got a chance to see it on the front of your building. You got a chance to see it, you know, basically across America. Before we go into right. our break, Tell us how that feels. I mean, it's, it's your name. You know, a lot of people say, I, I don't want my name. I want it to be, you know, this universal name, okay. you know, National Donuts or something like that. I mean, you put your mark on it. How does it feel now yeah. looking at it? How does it feel then and how does it feel now? And then we'll go to break. You know, it's surreal. It's, you know, I went from cleaning houses, for goodness, goodness sake. Now, that, now I'm the queen of cake. <laughs> so it's like um, – <laughs> It, it, my name's in lights, but just in a different way. 
And so I, it's very humbling, and it's a lot of responsibility because I take it personally, and I, I care. I care. I, my, my name's on that. I love that. It's the love for it. So when we get, you know, cu- bad customer service somewhere or not a cons- consistent product, I mean, it, it hurts me inside. I know it's business, but it's still because it's my baby. So <clears throat> I care. And I think what is wonderful about the Gigi's name and the brand and the people that are that have a store, they care too. They're passionate about it. And it is surreal. You know, it's just surreal. I look at it. I went up to, I had a meet and greet the other day, and I was out of town, and I think Minneapolis, and I walked up to the store, and I thought, God, you know, this is, and people were waiting inside with pink aprons on waving at me, and <laughs> Gigi, and I thought, what a wonderful <laughs> life I have. You know, I'm so blessed that I could do this. Is it hard? Absolutely it's hard. It's very hard, but it's so rewarding, too. So. Uh, it's, it's great, and, you know, you, you just, uh, you're oozing passion, and it's the thing that, second to money, uh, makes franchise businesses work, and Correct. we are really enjoying your story. You're listening to Franchise Today. I'm Stan Friedman, along with Paul Segreto, and today we're speaking with Gigi Butler, who is the chief brand officer and founder of Gigi's Cupcakes. Franchise Today is brought to you by the Franchise Foundry, where they've been bringing emerging brands to market for more than 30 years. The Foundry fosters healthy, sustainable growth for their clients, the kind that comes from experience. The Franchise Foundry provides both coaching and consulting, a hybrid approach delivering more effective solutions for both the franchisor's corporate team as well as their franchisees. The Franchise Foundry team is also rich in practical, hands-on experience and expertise with general business management, operational and change management, digital marketing, and, of course, franchise recruitment and development. Plus, the Foundry team can also assist with creating roadmaps for potential mergers and acquisitions and providing you with the guidance needed to navigate them. Learn more about Paul Segreto and the Franchise Foundry and their expanding list of clients at www.franchisefoundry.com. Franchise Today also brought to you by FRM Solutions, offering best-in-class CRM and document management software designed specifically for franchising. FRM empowers real-time business intelligence, communication, and collaboration between all members of the franchisor's team and prospective as well as existing franchisees. This enables you to simply and seamlessly track, access, manage all messages to and from prospects and existing franchisees and including text. Legal and compliance is simplified, too, with FRM's document management, and even site visits can be digitally facilitated and scored with FRM. Make today the day you give FRM a look and assure that all of your candidate and franchisee correspondence, including texts, are being permanently tracked and stored in candidate and franchisee records. There are updates multiple times a year at no additional cost, and there are no long-term contracts with FRM. Just make today the day that you give it a look. No excuses, just solutions on the web at frmsolutions.com. So, Gigi, we went into the break with you talking a little bit about uh, professional management and bringing that into your world. Can we expound a bit on that as we get into the franchise side of the business and tell us how you went about bringing people in to help you take it to the next level? Yes, I will. I, I think the first step that we did was that we decided to hire someone that was going to help do purchasing for us and, you know, buy futures and, you know, because we work in that market. I mean, butter, sugar, flour, you know, that's all the things that we work in. And so I think it was really important to grow for us to get that type of national buy-in so we could get lower prices. So we became the mom and pop. I mean, I was a mom and pop, so I'm not saying that, but we had better prices because we had more people. The more we got on, the more people bought into the product, more people bought into our concept, the lower our prices, our powdered sugar was, and because we used tons of powdered sugar, so literally tons of powdered sugar. 
And <laughs> I think it was important to do that. Also, it was very, very important at the beginning to be very careful with how we, we designed our packaging. And then finding the right company. I wanted to always use, you know, Buy in America. That's always been so important. We, don't, we can't all the time, but that's American-made product. So we went to a box company in uh, Jackson, Tennessee, and I said, I want to buy some uh, boxes. And they're like, uh, behind our backs, they're like, bless their heart. <laughs> they're never going to sell any boxes. But we took our box design, and, and, you know, now, you know, $5 million a year later, they're happy that we have their, they have our business. But um, I think it was important to design the box because that was something that really set us apart. And then finding someone to go out and help with the franchisees. So finding the COOs and the people that can go out and help and help guide people. So getting people out, our boot, you know, we would call it pink boots on the ground. We're on the ground. We're supporting. We're here. Finding those right people that were just as passionate and knowledgeable to go and share, oh, how do you do the exact signature swirl? How do we do this and make sure everything's consistent? So I think growing that and finding the right people that were just as passionate really helped. Did we pick every right person the right? No. no. Everyone makes mistakes and we, you know, we, we're off the mark, but we really tried to find the right people. So it was important. So with that in mind, with that in mind, Gigi, and we're talking about, you know, franchise candidates, you know, who, who is, who <laughs> was the ideal franchise candidate if that candidate's not the same ideal candidate today? You know, who is the ideal candidate for a Gigi's Cupcakes? I think many different types of people can be successful if they're willing to work hard and grow the, and grow the business. <clears throat> some of the common traits, I think some of the people say, oh, it's just a cupcake shop. No, it's a business. You have to be in it on a day-to-day level at some point. Does that mean you have to go bake the cupcakes every day? No, but you need to know your numbers. You need to know your labor. You need to know your cost of goods. So I think day-to-day involvement in the business is very important. Strong community engagement with, you know, getting into the fundraisers and your schools and your churches and, you know, B2B business is so huge for us now. It's not just walk-in. It's let me think outside the box and let me go to Mercedes and put a little logo, the Mercedes logo on these minis, and let me sell 5000 to them for their appreciation day. So it's thinking outside your box and not waiting for people to come to you anymore. We don't have lines out our door all the time anymore. But we have to be creative. Is how can Gigi celebrate with every aspect of your life, whether you're at the office, whether you're having a birthday, whether you're having a wedding, whether you're having a graduation. We want to be those people. So it's thinking outside your box and being strong in your community. And then you should have prior experience in either running a business or having some sort of business because if you don't and you're just, well, I'm just a stay-at-home mom and I, it's going to be a little bit more challenging. I'm not saying that that can't happen, but you really need to have a firm grasp on what a business is going to look like. So, and then the you know, number one thing is passion. Passion. Bring me passion, everyone. Definitely if have you don't have passion, passion don't Absolutely. call. Get, don't, don't, Absolutely. Even, don't bother. You know, it's funny how you were uh, Stan and I always joke uh, Week in and week out We always come up with different puns and and segues And it was interesting that you talked about Five million boxes And then said um, you have to think outside the box And uh, I kind of just chuckled You know, (laughs) kind of visualizing that Yeah, but as much as you were talking about You know, the brand name You know, on the box And it is you know, so important. So I just want to shift a second. You know, how, what are your thoughts and what are your remarks when somebody says to you, oh, this is just a woman's business? Um, okay. It is a woman's business, but it also is a, a strong business. So if you want to jump on board and you're a man and you're smart <laughs> and you're passionate, jump on board because it's, it's called money. So whether it's a woman's business yep. Or, you know, whether it's, cup, you know what, men like cupcakes too. Men love cake. Oh, absolutely. Men love cake. <laughs> men, you know, they won't admit it, but they love, here's what they love. 
They love something that reminds them of what their grandma used to bake them because people have lost the art of baking in this, in this age. But when a 35-year-old male comes into my store, which happens, and he closes his eyes and breathes and says, this reminds me of my grandma's house. Oh, my gosh, I love this. It's taking me back. <laughs> Is it a woman's business or am I speaking through a man's stomach? <laughs> I love it. If they're going to buy my cake, I don't care if it's a man or a woman. <laughs> you know, so talk to, us about, to talk to us about the um, the growth. Talk to us about, what, 100-plus stores now, and right. um, how many of those are single versus multi-unit franchisees? What do you look for, and who should be looking for you? Well, I think – when we started, it was a you know more of just one person, and let's see how you do. But we really would like to have franchisees who own multiple units. We love partnering with operators who plan to add GGs throughout their community. I mean, so if we're looking at someone that, let's say Virginia Beach, we're opening a store there. How many could we put in Virginia Beach, and could are they capable? I think the people that I know the people that we assigned there are capable of growing to Norfolk and doing a satellite and doing – so we're now looking for people who are going to think bigger. <clears throat> so let's say – and some store, some towns are just one GG per town. I mean, there and there's that. Sure. There's two below. There's, you know, which is great. But um, we really want to grow with people. So And we want one person to have those five stores. So we're looking for the person who has – maybe had operating experience with, like we have a, a wonderful operator that has sports clips. And he has, you know, 10, 15 sports clips. So he gets the whole multi-unit franchising type thing. So we want those people too because they definitely know how to think outside the box. They know how to market. They know what it looks like. They know what the shoe print is already the footprint and they can go, Oh, okay, we could do this but with a Gigi's cupcake. So I hope that's what what you need were wanting to hear. I'm hoping Absolutely. I'm that correctly. So so what are the plans on a go forward basis for development? Are you going to um are you going to target markets or are you just fielding inquiries as people learn about the magic of the brand and what is the greatest source if there is one that you can identify for those who find the opportunity available with you well the first greatest source we really want to um, our hot markets for growth that we've we've looked at are midwest texas oklahoma kansas nebraska iowa missouri colorado we really want to build some in louisiana south carolina virginia Kentucky. So we're looking for people that are passionate, of course, and that I think the best thing is word of mouth. I mean, of course you have to advertise, but and this is a great way to do it on your show today. Thank you for having me. But also the undercover boss thing. Oh my, that was huge for us. 14 million people saw that. So I think we had 32 fabulous owners that came out of undercover boss that saw, saw it and said, oh, I want to do this. So, and you were worried. I, and you were worried about the two hundred thousand dollars that you'd have to give away, right? <laughs> you know, I was worried because I had to not go. Not go you know, that was big for us. That you bet. Hard, I bet it was. That was a hard knock. I went without a paycheck for six months to do that show. Most people don't know that, but I mean, I it was hard. We're a small business. Two hundred thousand dollars is a hard chunk, but did it pay off? Absolutely. Absolutely in spades. So I think that, I think when people come into the store and they taste a bite for the first time and they're like, Oh, magic. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> you know, you, you, know. <laughs> you, you remind me of an old saying. Um, it's one of the many definitions of entrepreneurship, but it's, it's one that I've always lived by. And it is entrepreneurship is defined by willingness to spend a few years of your life doing what it takes, doing the things that most people don't want to do so that you can spend the rest of your life doing what most people can't do. And That is awesome. You've, you've put your head down and done what you've done, and, and you've gone the full Monty because you've closed the loop now on private equity as well. So mm -hmm. take us through, take the audience through that journey and 
and putting all this in perspective uh, in in the little bit of time that we have left, we'd be remiss if we didn't ask about the difference between your life and your world when you were calling the shots versus having a private equity partner, and has it caused any difference that the franchisees feel in a positive or a negative way, or has has it just given fuel to the initiatives that were already underway and helped to magnify them? Tell us about that. Well, it's always hard to let go of your baby, and I think the biggest challenge for me has been letting go throughout this whole process of this eight years, you know, you let go, you got to let go, you got to let go, you know, and you have to let go to grow. My favorite book of all time is called The E-Myth Myth Theory. I don't know if you've ever read it by Michael mm-hmm. Gerber, yep. but it's all about letting go and expanding, and it's so painful, but you have to do it to grow. I came to a point to where I had to let go so I could let this brand be all that it needs to be. I mean, we had to get capital. We needed to, that to grow. So has it been bumpy? Yeah. Has it been hard? Yeah. But has it been worthwhile and awesome? And are we primed to really grow now after the – it's been one year ago this month. And now after letting go and being with private equity – I mean, they're private equity, but they're more of – they're a family-owned business. They get it. They take it personal too. This isn't some – huge conglomerate and I'm one Gigi's is one piece of the pie there it's important to them and they are so passionate about it and they care so I loved that I love that they care and they're passionate and they want to grow this brand where it needs to be so we're now primed ready has it been bumpy yeah has it been hard for the franchisees yes but has it been great in other ways absolutely we're ready to go now I mean it is it's time so we've got the fuel now, we've got what we need, and we're hopefully set to build 20 stores this year. And well, hopefully next uh, year, 35, 35, 35. Yeah, I'm excited about it. And I love, well, love being the face of the brand. Love it. <laughs> yeah, that's I love awesome. it. It's a new life. And, yeah, and, and now you're getting back to doing some of the things that, you probably didn't have time for before. Um, I, I read about, you know, writing books, coming up with new recipes. I even right. read something about pies. You know, so tell us right. what the uh, the next, what's what's in store next for Gigi? Well, I have a, five, a six-year-old. She just turned six, and I'm a single mom. So that has been a huge, she's been on 59 plane flights for bless her little heart. <laughs> I mean, she goes with me everywhere. But I really have... And I always took the time out for her because she's number one. But now she's really, I have time to focus on her and be with her on a daily basis. And I'm now writing a book, a life story. It's coming out in the spring of 2018. I'm almost done with it. I have an amazing co-writer. And the opportunities that that's going to come, I, I, I have no idea. But I'm just on this ride. I hopefully do a cooking show soon and um, I've just got lots of things. I already wrote a cookbook and hopefully going to get that published. I'm with Simon & Schuster for my life story. So we'll see. I mean, it's it's just been an amazing journey. Gigi, any upcoming uh, shows, any upcoming expos, any place that the brand will be, or um, can you tell the audience in the time that we've got left how they can reach out to you if they'd like to learn more in one-off conversation with you about your story or learn more about how to potentially uh, become involved with you in the brand? Uh, well, you could go on com and go to the franchise page. You can also socialize with me on com or official Butler on my Instagram and Facebook. And, you know, I would I would love to take this journey and, and meet people and I'm also doing lots of speaking engagements now all across the country for entrepreneurships and schools, colleges, chamber of conferences, uh, some franchise uh, development teams, so businesses. So I would love to continue doing that and reaching out. I love people, so I'm I'm very social, so I love that setting. That's like my passion. (laughs) Well, that's great. 
That's really great, and I really appreciate the time you took out of your busy day to be with us today. And I certainly want to thank um, Monica Fide and the team at uh, BizCom, uh, your public relations firm, who continues to bring us some really great guests and some very, very inspiring stories. Gigi, thanks again for being our guest today. Thank you so much. I was honored to be on it. I appreciate you all. Love your story and love your passion and just um, – Try to cheer up, Gigi. You know, I know it's a tough world out there, but come on, you can do it. <laughs> I'll try. I'll really try. Hey, one day you're going to have to have a Gigi's cupcake, by the way. Uh, well, I've had more than my well, share, I, I promise you. <laughs> yeah. Oh, good. Good. Okay, so yep, you've experienced absolutely. the joy. I absolutely. will say one yes, thing. Absolutely. You don't, you don't just eat a Gigi's cupcake. You experience it. Yeah, That's I my will look at Thanks again, Gigi. I love it. Thank you. Bye. Thanks. Have a great day. Well, Stan, another one on the books for Frank. You know, she today. reminds me so great story. so much. She reminds me so much of my. It was a short stint in my in my long career of of reinvention, Paul. But her passion for the brand reminds me so much of Maggie Moos and. You know, there too, it, it was super premium, it was great product, but it wasn't just the ice cream. It was the brand, it was the whole experience, and she exemplifies bringing yeah. a brand to life and naming the cupcakes. You talked about the difficulty in coming up with a title for a show. Um, she comes up with a, a title for every one of her cupcakes and brings them to oh, yeah. life with, with personality. I mean, wow, you can't make that up. Uh, yeah, you can't make that up. And you know what? You know, as I was thinking about it, listening, and I appreciate you doing most of the talking today as I'm a little bit under the weather fighting this altitude sickness. Um, you know, it's really it was a short journey, eight years. It is. To go from where she started to where she is now, private equity, and, a next, and it's just a remarkable remarkable journey in a very short period of time. Yeah, but there's a lot of energy behind that. And I feel yeah. like a lot of times people, you know, people are in the right place at the right time and don't know it. And things pass them no. by. And then there are people like Gigi who just puts her head down and doesn't know how to quit and may not realize that she's right at the doorstep of something, but it took a lot of courage for that for that woman to do yeah. what she's done and do it in such a short period of time. I mean, just picking up and moving to a city that you know nothing about with 500 bucks in your pocket um, all by itself is guts. So, yeah, I, I, my hat's you know off to her. Me. She's got great courage. Yeah, and I, don't think, and I don't think there could have been any one thing that I would say that impressed me the most. But what really did impress me was the fact that you, she obviously dove headfirst right into Gigi's Cupcakes but continued to clean houses. Mm-hmm. You know, she so did what she had to do. She, uh, she did what she had to do. My hat's off to her. Well, Stan, another great show. I hope to see you soon. Until next week, my name is Paul Segretto, wishing you the best, the very best, in this great, great thing called franchising. And Franchise Today is out. <laughs> franchise pros, Stan the man. Paul Segretto, Badlands, baby. Huh. Franchising today. Sustainable growth. The sensible franchising. Franchise today. Sustainable growth. The sensible.